Welcome to episode 137 of the Practically Speaking Mom podcast. Today, we are continuing an occasional ongoing series called Lasso Your Life. And the specific topic today is about helping kids clean their rooms without wreaking havoc on the parent-child relationship. I know we could do this. (laughs) So let's get started with more intentional right now. Guess what, Mama? It's a Lasso Your Life episode day. On these days, my mom helps you to take control of your life instead of your life controlling you. The Lasso Your Life occasional ongoing series is all about dealing with the pesky responsibilities in the mom life that are robbing you from focusing on what really matters, the hearts of your children, and the relationships in your home. In this series, we share some mom hacks to help you rein in those responsibilities, allowing you to put them on autopilot so your focus can be on your family. And it may be that the Lasso Your Life series also equips us kids to take some ownership of responsibilities around the house. It gives us a chance to contribute to the running of the household. It gives us a chance to serve one another, and it also teaches us lots of great character development. So let's get started with some more from the Lasso Your Life series right now. I don't know about at your house, but at mine, saying, go clean your room just really doesn't work very well. Especially if I go through a season where I'm telling them, go clean your room, but I don't actually follow up about that. Follow up is everything when it comes to getting kids to do things and helping kids to value our word. If we don't value our words enough to follow up on what we earlier said, then we just didn't care that much about our words. And pretty soon our kids won't either. When I tell them, go clean your room, and I leave it general like that, one of two things happens. Either I don't follow up, so they don't follow through, or they shove stuff in places under their bed, into their closet, into containers of mismatched, unsorted collections of clothes. That tends to be the results when I just say, go clean your room. So I've had to find better ways to make this more reliable and effective. One thing we want to look at first is habits. What habits are they in? What habits do our children have or don't have that is impacting how they keep their room? You know, helping our kids develop good habits and eliminate unhelpful ones is one of the main roles we have as mom. It's part of equipping them for life. The habit of avoidance or the habit of facing difficult things, for example, Those are two habits to develop or to get rid of. The many habits of good manners that show we care about others are habits we should develop in our kids, such as the habit of smiling at someone instead of frowning, the habit of opening a door for someone else, the habit of picking something up. If someone drops something, you pick it up and you give it back to the person who dropped it. The habit of welcoming a person to your home or to church or to a classroom the habit of using a napkin, waiting our turn to talk, thanking someone when they do something kind for us. I could really go on and on about habits that affect our quality of relationships. So those kind of manners. Well, how about hygiene habits like brushing our teeth, getting enough sleep, drinking enough water, getting sunlight, all these health habits and many more impact our quality of physical health. Well, There are also habits regarding how we take care of our home. 
picking up after ourselves, having a set place for each thing that we have. (laughs) I often find myself asking my kids, is that the home for your shoes? Is that the home for your hairbrush? Is that the home for the dog leash? Having a home for each thing we own is one of the habits in our home that reduces chaos and thus increases peace and order. While our bedrooms and how we keep them is another layer of habits that impacts our quality of life. I want to give you some mom hack ideas, and then I'm going to tell you how do we do the massive cleanup thing, okay? The first habit that I want to tell you about is I used to do these coins with the kids in the mornings after breakfast. We'd all come to the family room before we do devotions, and I'd say, Okay, stand up if you made your bed. And made your bed really just meant laid your comforter across your bed. Stand up if you put your pajamas in the pajama container. Under their beds, they each had two containers, a pajamas container and a play clothes container. So uh, that way they could get themselves dressed. They just picked out what they were going to wear. This was for days when we were at home. If we were going somewhere, then I usually picked out the outfits and those kind of outfits, public outfits, they hang in the closets and then the play clothes are under the bed. They just pull them out in a container. So that was also helpful because my little ones who couldn't open drawers yet, they were able to pull containers out from under their bed. It also took up less space. And sometimes kids, they'll shove things in drawers and it just makes them really wrinkled. If I have a big container for them, the things seem to get less wrinkled. So we were on coins. So I would say, stand up if you made your bed and they'd everybody'd get a coin. I started with pennies. I think as they got older, that moved up to dimes and so on. Stand up if you put away your pajamas. Stand up if you got dressed. Stand up if you brushed your teeth. Stand, you know, each one of these things I'm giving a, giving them a coin. Stand up if you cleaned up after brushing your teeth, you know, the, any spit or any trash, anything like that. Putting away your toothbrush. So cleaning up completely after brushing your teeth. So I would go through these things and just whatever mattered to us at the time. I think I also did one for who did your morning chore? Uh, who put your breakfast dishes in the dishwasher? Going through those habits and rewarding what I wanted repeated. It was a way to remind them every morning of the things that are expected of them, but to do it in a way that also blesses them for their consistency and hard work. Okay, let me tell you another thing that helped. And that is I reduced the amount of toys in their bedroom. What I did to do this was, well, first of all, I made a play area in another room, but also I got a bunch of shoebox containers and I started dividing their toys into categories, at least their small toys. So it could be that there's Legos and maybe you need a bigger container for that, or maybe different types of Legos go in different ones. I don't know. The Lego thing can become a huge monster amount depending on what stage of life you're in and how long your kids have had Legos. But I digress. So there could be a shoebox container containing a couple of puzzles, or maybe it's Polly Pockets. So the different shoebox containers 
went up high in a closet and they were not allowed to get those down themselves. And when they wanted to play with one, they had that one out and they could not have another one out until they had picked all of the pieces up to that one and put it back away and brought it back to me. And I would put it back up in the top of the closet and let them get another one. Now I didn't do that with all of their toys, but any toys that had a lot of parts, they were put up most of the time. So an exception to that might be a play kitchen that kept that contained kitchen parts in it, you know, like the dishes and food. I called those shoebox containers busy boxes. I don't remember where exactly where I learned that, but someone from my past used to call them busy boxes. And when they were little, I would have a busy box set time each day. Often it was a time slot when I wanted to make phone calls. That was before texting. So you had to make phone calls to communicate with people about whatever necessities. And so we had shoebox time each day. And I tried to really rotate what shoeboxes they were playing with so that everything stayed more interesting to them because it was stuff they were not seeing all the time and didn't have access to all the time. Reducing the amount of things in the bedroom, that was very helpful. And then reinforcing of good habits, like I talked to to you about with the coins, that was also very helpful. Now I want to share with you some mom hacks for little bursts of cleaning, (laughs) ways to help your kids clean up, not a thorough deep cleaning. I'm not talking about that right now during these mom hacks, but just little improvements, little helps to the current condition of their bedroom. So here's one. Tell them, go pick up X number of items in your room and come back and tell me that you did it. So it could be, if they're older, it could be 30 items or 20 items or 10 items or three items or one item. Start small, you know, baby steps based on age and ability. Be sure that you are consistently honoring that follow up and follow through thing. So you might need to set the timer for this and be like, okay, I am setting the timer for two minutes it just it really varies on the on the age of the child and what will be effective with them but i love setting a timer and telling an exact amount to go do and then when that timer goes off they come back and they tell me whether they made it or not and this is not about lecture and getting upset and that kind of thing it's just getting some bursts of accomplishment on the condition of the room another thing i might do the different mom hack I'll tell them, go clean up this particular spot in your room, putting each item away correctly and come and tell me when you are finished with that and I'll come check it out at that time. And again, I might set a timer for this. So I might say to my son, I am setting the timer for five minutes and I want you to go into your bedroom and just clean off the top of your dresser but do not clean it off by throwing the items on the floor or pushing them under the dresser, behind the dresser, or under the bed. Literally, each item on the dresser that's not where it goes, I want you to put it where it goes. And uh, then come back and tell me you did. I'm setting the timer for five minutes. I know you can do this. So that's another way to spot clean or area clean in their room. This is about being very specific. And there are a lot of times where I'll, once they do that, I'm like, okay, awesome. We are cleaning your room today and we're doing it in sections. So 
I'm going to set the timer again now. We're going to do one more time slot of cleaning before you get to go jump on the trampoline for a while or whatever. So I'm setting the timer for another five minutes. And now I want you to do the top of your nightstand. And I go through the whole thing. And or I'll say to them, now you tell me what is my expectation? What is the standard for how you're going to clean off the top of the nightstand? What are you supposed to do with the things that are there? And I might, you know, like that them tell me often, in fact, the more you have them repeat back to you what you said, the more they're going to remember what they said. And it's going to be sort of like a verbal contract to help both of us know that we both just said it. And so we, we need to both hold to it. And I'll tell them, if you don't like having to repeat back to me, you just become consistent and always following through with the things that I give you to do. And once you are consistent with that, I will stop asking you to repeat back to me. So some different areas in their room might be, like I said, the top of the dresser or under the bed or on the bed or on the desk or the bookshelves or the closet, any specific area of their room. Sometimes I'll do this breaking up the different parts of the room throughout a given day. For example, I might call up to them in the morning. Good morning. It's time to get up. And when you come downstairs for breakfast, please bring any dishes that you have in your room. Now, my littles were never allowed to keep dishes in their room, but now that they're older, sometimes they are allowed to do that. Then, of course, I wait for a verbal response back from them that they heard me. That's our little verbal verification that they heard me and they are now taking ownership of the task that I gave them. So they bring down the items and they come and tell me, okay, I brought down those items that you asked me to, at which time I ask them, what did you do with the items that you brought downstairs? You see, I'm hoping to hear I put them in the dishwasher or maybe they'll say, oh, I should have put them in the dishwasher. Let me go and do that now. I'll be right back. Then they go do that and come back and tell me, okay, I put them in the dishwasher. It is my chance to give some verbal praise for a job well done. So it of course depends on their age, but I like to, you know, have them come and tell me they completed the task, or I might give a timeline and say, I'm going to come to you. But quite honestly, when you have multiple, it is so helpful for them to come to me than for me to hunt each one of them down if I've got multiple of them assigned to different things. Okay, so they came to me, they said they did it. And I'll say, great, just a heads up that in an hour, we're going to spend five minutes cleaning up just your bed area and five minutes cleaning up under your bed area. So, you know, I'm breaking it up. I'm letting them know what's coming. I'm telling them how much free time they have before then. So in an hour, I'll say, okay, I'm setting the timer for five minutes for you to clean up your bed only. Now that's, that might sound a little funny, but my youngest can sleep with a million things on her bed. I could never sleep that way, but she can and she does. So taking some time to put some of those items away is a necessary part of our cleaning up process. Now, when the timer goes off, that's my reminder to go follow up with them or to call them and see their progress. I keep a handbell on the stairs And if I need to call someone or all of them, then I will ring that bell and they're supposed to say coming mom. 
because there could be an emergency that I want to hurry with. Um, and so if I'm ringing it kind of a continual ring, that lets them know, big emergency, come drop everything and come right away. If I just give it a ring, then then they can say, yes, mom, or mom, did you need something or whatever? And I might just need to communicate with them. I know this sounds like I am like kind of being so rigid, but honestly, when we have systems in place like that, it frees us up to have plenty of time to really live life and enjoy life, to discover and play and grow and and accomplish things because we're not spending all of our time trying to get the kid to do something, telling them over and over again and and them not doing it and, and us discovering, oh, look at this mess they were supposed to clean up and they never did. And, you know, that increases our frustration and then that increases their frustration. And so we're talking about the difference between having time and having peace versus chaos. Okay, next we will go over how to really do a major overhaul cleanup time in your kid's room. So there are these times when we need a total overhaul, major deep cleaning of a bedroom. How do we do that without really being difficult for our mother and child relationship. Well, before I start the deep cleaning process, there are two things I need to remind myself. Number one, my goal is not so much a clean room as my goal is for me to equip them with skills for their life, how to clean, how to give everything its own place, how to handle a big giant task that maybe even is going to take hours long. My second goal is to tell myself that I am maintaining a healthy relationship. When I remind myself of this goal, it helps me to shift my mindset, to shift my actions, to to keep my tone of voice in check and my attitude and my words in check. I don't want to sacrifice relationship for a clean room. I want to achieve both a clean room and a healthy relationship, and that will require my constant reminder to myself or focus within that my relationship really matters. I also want to let my child know ahead of time that deep cleaning is happening tomorrow or in an hour or this afternoon. Now that's a pretty great thing to do right there. When I remind my kids that without fail at my house, this is how it works. They rush off and they clean some things up. I think it's because they don't want me to see just how bad it has gotten. Or maybe they have a pile of clothes stuffed in their closet that were supposed to be hung up. Well, they'll rush off to take care of it because they want to spare themselves getting into trouble. And hey, I'm fine with that because it is that much less that I'll be directing once we begin. And it's that much less that we could get into conflict over. So yay, they're going to deal with us some of it now. When it is time to, to get going, we get one box for giveaway items, one box for sell items. We get a laundry basket for things that go in other rooms of the house. Now, this is a really big rule with me. Whenever you're cleaning any room of the house, you're not supposed to go into another room. It slows you down. It get, makes you unfocused. It gets you sidetracked into cleaning something else up or figuring out the right spot for that. So just everything that goes into another room gets put in that basket and we'll take care of those items later. We also get a trash bag 
for any trash that we're going to come across. Again, that's two boxes, one for giveaway, one for sell, a laundry basket for things that go in another room, and a trash bag for trash. Now, I often bring some small containers as well so that we can make some little groupings of toys. Like, for example, my daughter has a container that is just her little little things that she likes. Maybe it's a yo-yo, for example. So little things that are fun for her, but they don't really fit in the category. Well, all those little things, um, they all go in one container. She has a container for memory items like cards that she's been given or maybe some little thing that someone made her that means a lot to her. She's one who really likes to hold on to things. And, and so she has a container for that. She has a box that she can put supplies for creating, for inventing. She loves to invent just things you would never imagine, but she imagines. She'll keep cardboard and string and whatever, but she's limited to that box for stuff to hang on to because truly she would not throw anything away if <laughs> if I let her. So there's boundaries on how much to keep. As I mentioned earlier, the importance of everything having its place and only one place for things, not some shoes over here and some shoes over there. All like things need to stay together. So all art supplies in one spot and all paper in one spot. And, you know, if, if we have more than one spot for things, then that's how we can't find stuff and we buy more than what we need because we can't find the stuff. So only one spot for each type of thing. The next thing is it really works great to make the bed first because then we have this big project table, the bed in which we can work. And that's helpful too. So making that bed first and then dividing the room into four quadrants. So we've got this clean bed. We've divided the room into four quadrants. We're going to take everything that's out of its place in one of those quadrants and we're going to put it on the bed. And what that does is it gives us some fast reward or some fast gratification for our efforts. It lets our child and us see, hey, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Doesn't this feel great to have this clean spot? So that quadrant is now cleaned up, even though we haven't dealt with the stuff. Well, the stuff goes much quicker to deal with when we've got it all in that pile of the bed and we've got the containers there that we know this is the cell, this is the giveaway, this is the trash, this is the goes in another room or putting it in its spot. So that helps our quadrants go much faster that way. Now, if at that point we still have some life left in us after we have done four quadrants, which sometimes we can't do all of that in one day. We might have to divide it up over days or every Saturday work on it for a certain length of time, you know, whatever works for you. But keeping it at an amount that doesn't make you guys exhausted and crazy. And by crazy, I mean exhausted and grouchy (laughs) because we have the higher goal of relationship. So we're teaching good habits. We're teaching them how to clean an area. We're teaching them how to get rid of things that we want to keep. How do I do that in a way that I'm honoring her feelings and her without at the same time not catering 
to an unhealthy level of holding on to things. So, you know, if, if she doesn't want to get rid of this, it means so much to her. Okay. It'll go in your memory box, but your memory box is full. You'll have to pick something else to get rid of. Now, if we were to stop right then and do that, it would take her an hour to figure out which item. So instead, I'm going to have her put all the new memory box items in front of the memory box instead of in it. And then we can deal with that either later or on another day. But if she stops and does that micro task of picking out which memory things from her box to get rid of so she can keep that new one, then that's going to take a really long time. So I hope that these different ideas have helped you to see that it is about habits more than actual status of the situation. Like I might not end up with the room totally done that day, but I didn't destroy a relationship. And that's so important because in the past, I was willing, I didn't realize I was willing, but I was willing to sacrifice relationship for the clean room. And that's not good. So I really did have to adjust my goals, adjust my mindset and focus and keep things in better perspective. If I maintained a healthy relationship and she learned how to clean a room, if she learned how to get rid of some things, if she learned how to sort and to give away and sell and so on, then I have helped equip her with some life skills, even though the end result is not a perfect bedroom. You see, perfection is not the right measure of life, mama. Improvement, that's a good one. Maintaining healthy relationship, that's a good one. Increasing their healthy habits, that's a good one. But perfect, that's not a good one. I hope that you found this helpful. Now, coming up on the podcast, we're going to be looking at a mom question about sibling tattling and what to do about it and some other sibling help as well. And then next after that, we will be beginning the new ongoing occasional series, Uniquely United, where we're looking at the different personalities in the home and helping them to mesh in a way that also honors each personality and also helps each one to shine, strengthening their weaknesses and honing their strengths. That's from the Uniquely United series that I will begin actually with Rich together. We'll be doing some of that. If this podcast is a blessing to you, won't you take a screenshot and share it or pray about who needs this material and share it with them. I will see you next week on the Practically Speaking Mom podcast, the place for an intentional mom to build a strong family. You've been listening to Val Harrison, the Practically Speaking Mom. If you'd like to connect with Val throughout the week, follow her on Instagram and Facebook at Practically Speaking Mom. To subscribe to her weekly email containing the podcast and blog post, go to her website, practicallyspeakingmom.com, and enter your email address. That's all it takes. You can also join with her and lots of other moms in the private Facebook group, Intentional Mom Strong Family. And she'll see you right here again next week. Mm